Next on our farm system previews, the Philadelphia Phillies, who have quite a few high-level pitching options, as well as a ton of potential outfielders. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, award-winning baseball writer and podcaster, and thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Okay, so looking at the Philadelphia Phillies, really interesting farm system. A lot of guys I want to talk about in here, and we're not going to have time to get to everybody. So reminder on that, if there's somebody you want to hear about that is not in this episode, that's what we have. We have spots in the Monday mailbag for that situation. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. We've got email, Discord, YouTube comments, all of that stuff in the episode description, in the show notes. There's a link tree in there to get you to all the different places you can give feedback to us. Okay, so the number one prospect in the system, despite the fact that He's hurt and didn't pitch last year and probably won't pitch this year is right-hand pitcher Andrew Painter. 2021 first-rounder out of high school, and we all love Andrew Painter. We He was the biggest story going into spring training was, is it possible he made his major league debut last year and then obviously was dealing with elbow pain? They tried some different stuff. He ended up having Tommy John surgery in late July which is the worst case timing for the Tommy John surgery from our perspective. And by us, fans, baseball fans, the prospect apparatus, things like that, because we want to see Andrew Painter pitch. And having the surgery in late July means he's more than likely going to miss the entire 2024 season, and we won't see him until 2025. But from the perspective of his long-term health, and the team's development, losing Andrew Painter at that time, having him get the surgery in July, means that there's not any pressure to rush him back. Uh, the, The common consensus on Tommy John is 15 to 18 months of recovery with it potentially taking 24, right? And he's gonna be, by the end of the season, he's gonna be right at 14 months. And so it's gonna be really hard to push him into competition that soon, and then you buy the the entire offseason to make sure he's fully healthy, give him plenty of ramp-up time, and then hopefully have more of a normal season for Andrew Painter in 2025. Reminder of what he did in 22, and the reason we had him at one point as the top righty pitching prospect in all of baseball, and it's because... Between single A, high A, and double A, he went 6-2 with a 1-5-6 ERA in just over 100 innings. Struck out 13.5 batters per 9 innings, walked under 2.5 per 9, and gave up 5 home runs all year. And when you look at the stuff, it's, one, he has a massive frame, 6-7, but despite that, the control was really good, amazingly good. 
The fastball was, as you would expect, really good because uh, of the velocity, the extension, the, the carry up in the zone, all of that. But he combined a high 90s fastball with a kind of a sweeperish slider in the mid-70s, a changeup, a vertical breaking curveball, a cutter that was pretty new. And you look at all of these things, and it's, yeah, the tools are amazing for Andrew Painter. And then to go along with that, you look at the fact that, oh yeah, he's so young, and the control is amazing for not just a guy who's 6'7", the control is amazing, period. There's a lot to like about Andrew Painter, and now you've built in the requirement to be patient and give him plenty of time with the expectation of not seeing him until spring training of 2025. Looking at the number two prospect in the system, we're going to go with the potential five-tool talent and outfielder Justin Crawford. First rounder in 2022, and last year got 87 games between single A and high A. 332, 392, 467 for Justin Crawford. 33 extra base hits, only three home runs, and we'll explain why in a second. 32 walks to 69 strikeouts, 47 to 55 on stolen bases. So, strikeout number, despite what it sounds like, not necessarily nice, but not too terribly concerning. The thing here for Justin Crawford is the entire prospect apparatus, Baseball America, MLB Pipeline, everywhere else that gives individual tool grades, has his power at a 40 grade. And when I, I mentioned he's a potential five-tool player, and we use that way too much. But the reason why Justin Crawford is given a 40 grade on his power, despite the fact that he already has a 90th percentile exit velocity above MLB average. It's 103.6. It's already above MLB average, and this was at age 19. The reason is because he has one of the highest ground ball rates in all of baseball. Like, literally 70% ground ball rate last year between the two levels. And so the contact is good, the power is good, but when you're not elevating the ball, obviously it's incredibly hard to hit a home run. I talked about the contact rate, 78% overall, 88% in the zone. You heard the power of 103.6. But the issue for Justin Crawford uh, comes down to he chases a little bit too much and then obviously making that suboptimal contact. He, he chases like 37% of the time and then he's very he swings over half of all pitches and he swings like 74% in the zone. And so this is one of those scenarios where it feels like a little more patience would be really beneficial. And it's a fine line, right? There's guys we've criticized about waiting for the perfect pitch and passing a good pitch. I think in this case, Justin Crawford's eager to swing at almost everything. And if he was a little more selective and could just restrict it to good or better pitches to hit, you would see a significant change. I still think the power potential is plus power at the major league level, at least. Just given the fact his 90th percentile exit below is already over MLB average at age 19. But it's easier said than done to fix a launch angle issue. So obviously thing one to work on for Justin Crawford. And then thing two, and I think MLB Pipeline mentions this a little bit in their write-up, but something I noticed when watching some of those games in Clearwater is he's got amazing speed. Right? It's 70 grade speed, legitimately. But right now, a lot of his defensive work is more so using that speed to make up for a bad initial first step, a bad read, a bad route, things like that. He uses his athleticism to make up for some of that. So some of the fundamentals behind 
playing defense in professional baseball. Just something that needs to improve for Justin Crawford if you want him to end up being a major league caliber center fielder. Again, the speed is there. He's got every tool you could want. Again, I do think the power is better than a 40 grade, despite what Baseball American Pipeline gave him. But there's a couple things to work on before he reaches that potential. High ceiling, but right now the floor isn't as high as you would expect from the number two prospect in the system simply because of that. There's a lot of, uh, looking at players you might see in 2024, there's a lot of pitching options, as well as a couple outfielders. We'll talk about them next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, you enjoy Super Bowl Sunday because you get to make some great food, you get to hop on the couch and place some fun prop bets, right? FanDuel has a ton of options for this. You can bet on which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, who will get the first score, what what type it'll be. I remember we had two straight years where a safety was the first score in the Super Bowl. Totally wild. Stuff like that. New customers, join FanDuel today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. And if you do that, I think you should hop in and look at some of the Phillies-centric player bets for 2024. You've got National League MVP, your number seven and number eight guys in the odds, Bryce Harper, plus 1,200, Trey Turner, plus 2,200. When you go to the Cy Young odds, your number two in the Cy Young, Behind Spencer Strider of the Braves is Zach Wheeler at plus 850. Visit Fando.com slash locked on to sign up. That's Fando.com slash locked on and make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, so looking at players you may see in 2024. We already talked about Andrew Painter. The other two guys in the baby aces, as they were calling them, Mick Abel, Griff McCary. Both of these players have struggled to a little bit of an extent, but Abel's a first rounder in 2020 out of high school. 23 games between AA and AAA last year. Five and six with a 413 ERA and 113 innings. 132 strikeouts, so 10.5 per nine, to 65 walks, 5.2 per nine, and 15 home runs allowed. I actually think, based off folks I've talked to internally, like they think that Mick Abel is this close to putting it all together. Uh, one of the things, so he throws multiple fastballs, both a two-seamer and a four-seamer. They sit in the high 90s. You love those fastballs. The changeup, high-velocity changeup, it's in the high 80s, can touch 90. He's got a curveball in the low 80s. The big key to me, it feels, has been the slider. He's really played around with it. And I think the Baseball America write-up does a good job of mentioning all the different types of sliders he's gone through, whether it was a gyro, a sweeper, a cutter, and all of this kind of stuff. But it feels like the solution here is to go with something that has some horizontal break, but not a true sweeper, because he's throwing that change up around 90 miles an hour. And I think in this case, having a harder breaking ball in the slider that sits in or near the same velocity band and tunnels well with that changeup, but moves the opposite direction is the best move for McAble. And so for me, I feel like the cutter is probably the best option. You cover all four directions. And in this case, it's okay. It's in the same velocity band as the changeup, 
because they tunnel and they look good together. But the real big thing here is working on the control. He throws like 60% strikes, that's 61.5% last year, but the walk rate's like 14%, 5.2 per nine innings. So definitely something to see from Mick Abel. But again, folks I've talked to in and around the system, they really think that he's this close to figuring it out and breaking out for 2024. And so he'll be a, he'll probably go back to AAA to start the year, but you could see him coming up uh, as soon as they need an extra starter, a spot start, things like that, or if there's injuries in the rotation. And again, they think he's figured it out. The other guy, Griff McGarry, fifth rounder in 2021 out of the University of Virginia, a little bit farther away from figuring it out. They actually put him on the development list late last year to work some stuff out. He, 60 innings last year, 17 starts, one and three with an ERA of six, 81 strikeouts, so 12.2 per nine, to 50 walks, 7.5 per nine, five home runs allowed. He has a lot of the same conversation points as Mick Abel, but turned up. The walk rate, again, seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. The strikeout, or the strike rate at like mid 50%. It's the same sort of issues as McGarry, I'm sorry, as Abel, but amplified a little bit. Fastballs, mid to upper 90s. He has a sweepy, a slider, and a cutter, which I love that combination. Curveball, a changeup, plenty of pitches. It's just throwing more of them in the strike zone for strikes, right? That's the big thing here. And being able to throw enough strikes, he has too many pitches to make him a reliever. You just need to figure him out as a starter. Excited to see what happens here. Again, a little farther away than Mick Abel is because a little more work to do on the control, but excited either way. And if everything works right, you could see him in 2024 as well. Orion Kirkering, the reliever, the righty reliever, not going to go into super deep detail here. We talked about him to open the September 27th show. Very well received show. I got some DMs from folks inside the organization actually saying, hey, that was a really good segment on Orion Kirkering. You're spot on with all of his stuff. Long story short here, he throws a fastball, a two-seam fastball in the high 90s. Great velocity on it. And he pairs it with a really unique sweeper. It has significantly more movement than most sweepers. It has 18 inches of break. But it's also thrown in the high 80s, and most sweepers are low 80s pitches. And so it's a really unusual combination. And in the minors last year, he went through literally every level. Started in single A, debuted late in the season in MLB. But an ERA of 151 in 53 innings with 13.2 strikeouts per nine and two walks per nine, and only four home runs allowed all year in the minors. So again, Go to the September 27th episode to get a full segment breakdown of just Orion Kirkering and what he does special. Another pitcher that you may see, and I'm not 100% confident on here. I've heard good things about him from people in the organization, but he's, it feels like he's farther away because of some of the stuff here. Christian McGowan, seventh rounder in 2021 out of Eastern Oklahoma State, and he's coming back from Tommy John. So, the control hasn't quite been there yet, but it looked like it was getting better throughout the year. 0-1 with a 3.86 ERA in only 25 innings. And that's why I'm really hesitant to say you're going to see him this year. But not knowing what he did over the offseason, it's entirely possible they feel more comfortable about using him later. 9.8 strikeouts per nine, 3.5 walks per nine. Throws a mid-90s, like I'm going to call it a turbo sinker, touches 98, right? has both a sweeper and a gyro slider, right? So you've got the vertical break on the gyro, you've got the horizontal movement on the sweeper, and then you've got a changeup 
that runs back to the arm side. So you've got all four velocity bands covered and really three to four different, I'm sorry, all four directions covered and really three to four velocity bands here. So it's a lot of good stuff. It's all about what kind of workload can he handle and is the control better? And it wasn't bad last year, but is it better in 2024? So potentially an option, probably not. Didn't really know where else to put him in here. There's two outfielders that are really interesting and I feel bad for Simon Muziotti, right? Got 124 games last year, all in AAA. He had actually been up at the major league level in 22, but couldn't get up in 23. In those 124 AAA games for Simon Muziotti, 296, 358, 404, seven homers, 33 extra base hits, 45 walks to 81 strikeouts, 26 of 38 on stolen bases. The issue here is this team has a bunch of left-handed hitting outfielders already, and it's hard to find another spot for Simon Muziotti. The best way that I can explain who I think he is, he's, and I've been told that this technically is a comp and I should stop doing this, but he feels like diet Brandon Marsh, right? So a guy, contactability is good, 84% overall, 91% in the zone. Contact is really just average, uh, 87 average exit velocity, 103 on the 90th percentile. And that's the issue is the defense is iffy. The arm is iffy. So hence the diet. Brandon Marsh is better defense. Iffy defense, iffy arm, but also doesn't have the power to profile in a corner. I think he could be a useful contributor at the major league level, but you've got better versions of him on the roster. And that's why he hasn't gotten a lot of play time. He does chase a little too much, 38% chase. But for the most part, it's just solid performer. Probably going to bat in your bottom three. Has decent speed. Again, 26 of 38 on stolen bases. Not a blazer, but decent speed. Can give you okay left field defense. He's not going to be amazing. And so he's probably your eighth or ninth best player at the major league level. There's a, it's useful. It's a useful skill set to have. It's useful to have on your roster. But where does he play over your existing options at the major league level? Something where it's a good team. It's hard to work that out, right? The other guy a little easier to understand why he hasn't made it up yet. Carlos De La Cruz, undrafted free agent in 2017. 129 games last year. 259, 344, 454. 24 homers and 50 extra base hits, which is good. 54 walks to 160 strikeouts, which is not. Think here, power is great. 90th percentile exit below of 109. Dude has can mash, but contact rate of 66%. He's also, the arm isn't great, the speed isn't great, and so he actually played more games at first base, 49 last year, than any other single position. He got 23 in right, 17 in left, 14 in center, but it's something where the arm's not great, so he really profiles as a left fielder. Uh, the speed isn't amazing, and so he profiles, he doesn't profile in center field, and the defensive actions aren't great at first. So he's got a ton of power, but literally that's the only tool here. So more development to be done. If he can have one of those leaps in contact ability, he can be a guy that you could see be a DH option, can be a backup on the roster, you know, a pinch hit basher kind of guy, high power, low batting average option. But you've got to see a leap first before he does that in 2024. In just a minute, in the lower monitors, there's a group of shortstops. I don't think they're all going to stick there, but they're all interesting players. We'll talk about them next right here. Unlocked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience 
Those are the things that bring home the winning trophy, but it's also what keeps your vehicle alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your vehicle running to its peak performance at ebaymotors.com. Ellis Bottoms only, exclusions do apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Okay, so there's a trio of interesting left side of the infield prospects in the lower minors. Aiden Miller, Brian Rincon, William Bergola. Let's talk about these guys. Uh, Miller, 2023 first rounder out of high school, 20 games after the draft between rookie ball and A ball. 303, 425, 379. No home runs, four extra base hits, 12 walks to 15 strikeouts, four or five on stolen bases. Uh, one, Addressing that power, okay? 90th percentile exit velo of 105. 20 games is not nearly a representative enough sample size to say the power is not there. I feel like the power potential is legitimately plus. The contact was really good. Again, small sample, but 87% contact ability, 91% in the zone. Really good contact numbers and good power. Now, defensively, the arm is plus, but the speed, the defensive actions all just feel like average. He's listed at a shortstop now. He played shortstop in all but two of those games after he, the draft. He had two DH starts, but I feel like he's going to end up being a third baseman. Defensively, he should be able to be a good enough. He should be, I would imagine, probably above average at third base or has the potential to be above average at third base, provided the size, he doesn't get too much bigger from his 6-2-2-10. So, I like Aiden Miller. Curious to see. Um, probably starts at Clearwater this year in low A. Might make it to high A by the end of the year. Uh, I, I'm tempted to just give him a full year in Clearwater. One, I want those stat cast numbers. But two, just we'll see how he adjusts to a full season in the pros in 2024. Brian Rincon was a 14th rounder in 2022. It got 99 games between single A and high A. 234, 368, 361, 8 homers, 26 extra base hits, 68 walks to 76 strikeouts, 27 of 41 on stolen bases. Really interesting guy. All of his starts were at shortstop. And the contact ability is really good. He's incredibly patient. But as a switch hitter, he's got like two completely different swings. Zone con or his, his overall contact, 81%. Zone contact of 88. And Swung it like less than 40% of all of the pitches he saw, okay? Uh, Chase was like less than 20%. You love all of this stuff. But when you look at the two swings, and I think it was Baseball America that kind of went and broke out the differences in these swings, is the left, like the left hand hitting swing is a standard normal swing, right? He's showing the patience. He's showing the pitch recognition. When he's a righty, he is trying to hit for power. And the problem is, he's not hitting for power. His max exit velo was only 108. Like, it's, a, it's decidedly a below average power profile. Now, 19 years old, it's entirely possible he picks some up. He's listed at 5'10", 185. But something where I think you're looking at a guy that 
can be a higher batting average, defensively versatile guy. I think he can stick at shortstop. The arm is plus, the defense is plus, the speed's above average. Baseball America talked about him being more of a super utility guy. MLB Pipeline talked about him being a utility guy. I think he can be a full-time starter at shortstop. But he's going to be a guy that bats in the lower third of the order. Again, it's batting average, and it's potential for stolen bases. But even that's not great, 27 to 41. There's some work to do on better jumps and better reads for Brian Rincon. But I think he's the most likely of these guys to stick it short, right? William Bergola is the third option, IFA in 2022, and another guy with really good contact and questionable power, right? 55 games in single A, 255, 351, 287. No homers, four extra bases, 30 walks to 17 strikeouts, two of seven on stolen bases. Couple things are weird about the slash line, right? 255 batting average, but his contact rate for both out of the zone, or both overall and in the zone, are in the 90 percent. 94 percentile, or 94 percent on overall contact. 97 percent in the zone, and yet he batted 255. The power, not there. He is a young player. You have time to grow it. But he had an overall, it was 83 mile an hour average exit velocity, 95 as a 90th percentile. And reminder, 103 and change is the MLB average for 90th percentiles, way below. But another guy, like Rincon, swung less than 40% of the time, chased less than 20% of the time. Also has plus speed, despite the plus speed, two for seven on stolen bases. I think that's more coaching instincts, things like that. The arm is good. I think he has the potential to be an above average defender. They did play him more at second than short. Some of that is... Is it because you were sharing some time with Rincon or, or was some of that just they didn't think defensively you had the chops for shortstop yet? If I'm placing these guys in the future, I've got Miller at third, I've got Rincon at short, I've got Bergola at second. But I think that Bergola has the potential with better defensive actions to stick it short. And I think Rincon could be a second base or a third base option, although he doesn't have the power to profile at third. So, interesting guys all have a little bit of flaws. Miller is the inexperience. Rincon and Bergola are the power production. And then the great contact not translating to batting average. Uh, Another outfielder here, Gabriel Rincones. Yes, they have a Brian Rincon and a Gabriel Rincones. 2022 third rounder out of Florida Atlantic. 120 games in the low minors last year. Another... Weird offensive, like weird batting average thing. 248, 351, 427. 15 homers, 49 extra base hits, 61 walks to 134 strikeouts, and 32 of 38 on stolen bases. Another situation where the power is really good. 90th is an average, 107 at 90th percentile exit velocity. So 90 miles an hour average exit velo and 107 for the 90th. And the chase is good, under 25%. The issue is, When he chases, he almost never makes contact. It's 82% zone contact, 73% overall. So there's a good chance if you throw a pitch in the zone, he'll hit it. There's a good chance if you throw a pitch out of the zone and he decides to swing, he will not make contact at all. And then you combine that with the fact that he played a lot of right and left field, right? 57 and right, 28 and left, 36 at DH. And the reason for this is the arm is plus, right? It is a plus arm. He is 
painfully slow. He's not like Kyle Manzardo slow, but he is not fast at all. And it honestly feels like he could end up being a first base option unless he can at least maintain the current level of poor speed that he has. 6'3", 225. So we'll see what he does going forward. But interesting as far as good plate discipline but and good power, but the contact out of the zone when he does chase, and then the defense has questions about what the future fit is. Your dart throw here, an interesting guy, right-hand pitcher Wen Hui Pan. He was a IFA out of Taiwan last year. He's like 20 years old. Pitched in 33 games between single A and high A, like 63 and two-thirds innings. Almost entirely as a reliever, but a multi-inning reliever. Uh, four and one with an ERA under four, like 396. 88 strikeouts with 12.4 per nine. 224 walks, 3.4 per nine. Only three home runs allowed, 0.4 per nine innings. So here's the thing. A trio of really good pitches, fastballs in the upper 90s. He's got a splitter. This is the year of the splitter. And a slider. He also has a curveball. He also has a two-seamer. He doesn't really throw those a ton. It's very much a vertical thing with that fastball splitter pairing. I think the fastball splitter pairing is good enough for him to be a major league reliever. If you decided to keep him as a reliever and make him a single inning reliever, I think by the end of 2024, you could be considering using him in your bullpen. Word is they're going to stretch him out to try to make him into a starter, going to significantly slow down his time to the majors, obviously, but the fastball is really good. The splitter is good. The slider is above average as well. Three really good pitches. Question is, does the control ever get to where it needs to be for him to stick in a rotation? So really interesting guy. A lot of things to be decided on this. Going to be watching this a lot. Curious to see what happens here. Fantastic week this week. A couple more shows coming up for the NL East. Again, there's somebody you wanted in the show that we didn't get to. Let me know. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. We've got uh, email, Discord, all of that stuff in the episode description in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. 